Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Your host, Dustin Lunt. Jacob, how are you doing this evening? I'm so good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Glad to be back doing this. Uh, A little ray of sunshine here in our our gloomy COVID world. Uh, You better fucking believe it. (laughs) This is the, the, it's not even just the light at the end of the tunnel. It's the light at the beginning of the tunnel mm-hmm. is kind of how it feels so mm-hmm. yeah i'm super psyched to be to be here with you well not there with you but here with you here in spirit that's right yeah so this week we are going to be going over rookie landing spots and their impacts on the teams as everyone knows or i would hope everyone knows we had the nfl draft last week what did you think of the draft as as a general? How it went off being done uh, virtually, and and you know team drafts in general. Just just a general overview. What did how do you feel it went? Generally, I liked it. Generally, I thought uh, it went nary without a hiccup, uh, which I was very surprised about. I mm-hmm. thought there'd be more technological issues, at least with this, just from the way that they were talking about it beforehand. It seemed like we might get to see some weirdness. We saw some weirdness. Uh, there was a background pooper that was caught, uh, yes. I believe, on Mike Vrabel's camera the first night. Yeah, that, that was, was nice. Um, I believe there was a big dong shot in uh, Roger Goodell's face, you know, when he turned to the camera mm-hmm. on that TV and it had a whole bunch of fans. Uh, I believe there was a dong shot somebody posted in there. Nice. So it wasn't completely without issues. Uh, so generally, I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it moved along pretty well. Specifically... I fucking hated it as a Packers fan. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And Not we'll, we'll talk a little thoughts. bit about that. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I feel the same way. I thought the draft went off really well, uh, basically without a hitch. It'll be interesting to see moving forward if they integrate some of these things kind of moving, you know, uh, uh, in future drafts, if they're going to allow this sort of technology and, and things they did to to infiltrate the draft uh future years the one thing i didn't like and i know there's been a lot of criticisms on it is they had all the sad stories with the with the players and their families and it's like come on like i get that you don't have all the live bands and stuff you can cut to and and all this other jazz but uh, it was it just seemed like every player had a sad story and it's like come on it's our one sporting event for the for the year here and let let's let's keep it Keep it positive. Yeah, how about a little bit more uplift throughout some of these mm-hmm. stories? Like, talk about, you know, the players who found a $20 bill in their pocket before the draft. That's you know, right. Those stories. Uh, yeah, instead of digging back through the vaults. And it's not like there was cause for some of them. Dak Prescott, for example. Mm-hmm. His situation is very recent. Absolutely. Uh, family tragedy, so it makes a lot of sense to bring it up there at that moment. A lot of these, they're digging back through the vaults for like 15, 20 years. Yeah, and there's always some of that that goes on, but, I mean, it just seemed like every other pick. Agreed. Too sad. Too much boo-hoo, not enough ha-ha. That's right. Speaking of ha-ha, uh, well, actually, more speaking of not boo-hoo, what are you drinking this week? So, I am drinking another Hacienda Beer Company uh, beer. I know it's been a run of, like, three or four weeks here. <laughs> But every time I go to my local liquor store, they have a new one there. And I love Hacienda. You can't go wrong there. Uh, so I have another one. This is called Rano Pano. I love the name. It is a dry hopped Norwegian pale ale. 
a Norwegian yes. ale ale. Does that come Very with pretty its can. own troll? No. I'm, okay. I'm uh, making the assumption here that it's used with the Kvik yeast. Uh, it's, it's all the rage right now with the Norwegian uh, yeast strain. So I'm assuming that's what it is, and that's what I'm drinking tonight. What are you drinking, Jake? I am drinking. Uh, we're talking about going in streaks here. I have another third space. This time, the Java Blanca, uh, which uh, coincidentally was actually brewed, I believe, by Matt LaBlanca, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who knew? Uh, who knew Joey was such a, a, a beer guy, brewer? But uh, yeah, this is a coffee ale, as the name sort of implies and i don't have as good of a reason i've just been lazy about going to the store so i'm relying on what i've had in the fridge here and it's just a lot of third space yeah, which i'm not upset about no there's nothing wrong with that yep 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 uh Ooh. what there is something wrong with another segue gone wrong is our drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week jake tell us who this is from this is a fun one i think you'll like this so this comes in from twitter at strome dome he says was drinking when i traded aaron jones deontay johnson and a 2020 second for david johnson and vance mcdonald after week four of this season oof he jokes with a, a, a ha-ha that seems like there could be some tears behind it. He says, went from win now to rebuild real quick in that dynasty. Ha, yes. Ha. So, to be fair, David Johnson, through like the first five weeks of the season, was an RB1 know, before he got injured. And Aaron Jones started off a little bit slow. So I, I can see the the switcheroo for that just based off of you know production after four weeks. Deontay Johnson hadn't really done much yet, rookie. Yeah, he's fresh faced. Vance McDonald was still healthy. He was you know everybody yeah, thought he was going to be the thing. <laughs> and then the twenty twenty second, it's like oh okay whatever. So I, I get it at the time that 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 wasn't a terrible trade. But obviously, as the season went on, it turned out to be awful. <laughs> Every week, this trade got worse. Every mm-hmm. single week, this mm-hmm. trade got worse, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, the David Johnson thing, he he was fantastic. Actually, so up until I think week six was when he got injured. Yeah, he was incredible. And we talked about this on our running back recap episode mm-hmm. about how good he looked with the Cardinals. Uh, up until that point, Vance McDonald just never got going. He doesn't say that this is a tight end premium league, so I'm going to assume it's not. That would have at least given me a little bit more uh, hope for his side of the trade mm-hmm. there. But yeah, Deontay Johnson came on thick, let's say, at the end of the season, and will probably continue to do so this next year, fingers crossed, with Big Ben back. Mm-hmm. And then the closer you get to the draft, obviously, you hate to see that 20, 20 seconds sitting there. That's the right, especially days. now. That's right. And especially if he was going to, um, uh, and he thought it was going to be a late 2022nd and ended up being an early second rounder, that makes it sting a little bit more, especially oh, with God. how deep this draft is uh, supposed to be. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, no, that's that is awful all around. Uh, but you can, you, yeah, you can see the logic behind it at least at the time. I therefore can't give this one too high of a, a drunk rating. 
No, no, we've seen much worse than this. This is, uh, what, like two bush lattes? Yeah, and maybe like a shot of rumplements at the end. You're feeling it. You're mm-hmm. feeling good. And then you click. And but it's nothing too bad. No. Nah. <laughs> we've seen so much worse. That's right. Okay, so into our main event here, talking rookie landing spots and their impact. We'll just kind of go through round by round. Not go through every player, because that would be exhausting, especially after the first three rounds. Uh, But for the first couple rounds, we'll hit most players that were drafted. And then uh, from there on, we'll just kind of highlight players that we like their landing spot or were questionable draft picks for the teams, shall we say? Some persons of interest. That's right. So round one. Uh, we'll, we'll go through every player here because there's not a ton for round one. Uh, number one overall, Joe Burrow goes to Cincinnati. No surprises there. Everybody knew that going into the draft. Uh, Cincinnati, Almost everybody knew that going yeah, into the draft. True. Cincinnati needed a quarterback. Although I don't understand the Andy Dalton hate that he gets. Uh, he is a fine quarterback, but not, uh, I don't think, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but Anyway, uh, he's serviceable, though. But anyway, we're not talking about Andy Dalton. He, but, but we are talking about this pick, and it's so interesting because Joe Burrow to Cincinnati, I don't know what your thoughts are, but everything that I've seen so far is people believe he's the true savior of the offense mm-hmm. for, from real life and fantasy perspectives, that once Joe Burrow is there, oh boy, basically boost everybody to the moon uh, that is a Bengal and it doesn't matter who it is, if it's A.J. Green if he stays there, if it's mm-hmm. John Ross if he's healthy, if it's Joe Mixon, it's just everybody gets an automatic boost up. Do, do you see that? Because I don't see that. It'll be tough, especially if there is not a lot of off-season workouts and the training camp is, is shortened and things like that. It'll be, it'll be hard to get in sync with his, his players on the offense. I don't really know. Uh, especially in year one. Maybe it's more of a year two, year three thing where he really hits his stride. But in year one, I'm not expecting a lot from him and the team, unfortunately. Uh, With luck, they'll be playing from behind a lot again this year, so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, which would help the wide receivers. But we'll see. Yeah, they get some guys back on the O-line, I guess, which has been a big selling point Mm -hmm. for Joe Burrow. I have so in super flex leagues and just rookie drafts, Joe Burrow is nearly the undisputed 101. Uh, there was some dispute in my league personally. <laughs> he, he didn't go until third overall, but I think in general, people are really seeing him as that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just curious with him. I'm not going to do this for every quarterback because he's really the only guy that I'm curious about this year. Where might you rank him? this year amongst all quarterbacks for fantasy, would you give him the nod into the top 12? Uh, I think it'll be close. I, I really do. I mean, just he does have a lot of weapons there. Uh, as we'll we'll talk about at the top of round two, they took T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. That's a deadly trio of wide receivers. Joe sure. Mixon catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, so it's not like they're going to be able to stack the box either with the wet, with the wide receiver core. So, I mean, and like I said, they're going to be probably playing from behind a whole lot. So, yeah, I think he could sneak into that top 12 consideration. I'm 
cautiously optimistic with Burrow, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely possible. But I could also see it ending up like a Baker situation last year, where we all assumed it was going to be fantastic because Baker got all the weapons and just look at what they're doing there. Right. Uh, but it, so it could go that way. But yeah, I could see him going top mm-hmm. one. All right, then uh, Miami got their quarterback of the future with Tua Tagliavola. How do you feel about that one? Uh, I feel terrific about your pronunciation. Of oh, name. thank you. I didn't. I didn't give it a shot. Um, you would think by now, after hearing it so much over the draft weekend, that I would be able to do it, but I can't. People were really excited to pronounce it correctly on the draft. I don't know if you heard that. Like every analyst was just so excited to say it because they knew how to say it. I was excited. Um, <laughs> you should be. You <laughs> fucking nailed it. Uh, Tua to Miami, fifth overall was pretty expected for me mm-hmm. and then the only other spot he might go is the chargers really right uh i i still want one more year of ryan Fitzmagic, and this says that that could maybe happen i think that, it'll happen yeah yeah for all the reasons that we said you know concerning joe burrow with the shortened off season plus if he's not fully recovered from that injury you know let's give him a year to get really fully healed and, and they know what they have with Fitzmagic. They get another high draft pick next year where maybe they restock the offensive line, draft one of the running backs, another wide receiver. It's supposed to be a great wide receiver class next year. So they have lots of options that they could do with with a high draft pick. So I think that would probably be in their best interest to let them sit on the bench. But uh, I personally, I like Tua over Burrow uh, coming out of this class. Ooh, it's just long-term. Yeah. Talk about, obviously, with Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the two wide receivers that are sticking around there, which is going to be Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, both big winners of the draft, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, are going to benefit from Tua being there long-term. You talked about them restocking the shelves on the offensive line next year, which I think they should absolutely do. But they did try this year, too, uh, to do that. It looks like mm-hmm. they took... Uh, you know, they took an, uh, an offensive tackle round one. They went ahead and took a, a guard round two, uh, a couple of guys a little later. So it's like at least they're trying they uh, are. now as well. And but I know yeah, they've got what? Long term, like an extra year mm-hmm. of doing that? Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, don't the Dolphins have two first round picks next year still? So, I mean, they're going to be just locked and loaded with first round talent here. Uh, they're definitely rebuilding the right way. Heck yes, Heck mm-hmm. yes. Although we said that about the Browns too, I hate to keep drawing everybody back to the Browns, but we did say that the Browns, you know, they got all the picks; they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. That didn't pan out last year, but again, same situation. Maybe this year the Browns are fine, and maybe that bodes well for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think that was more coaching on the Browns than anything else. Where, as we saw, yeah. the Dolphins actually played and were in games competitively through the end of the season. So I, I, th- I think the coaching played a big part of that last year with the Browns. I just want to say I like that the Dolphins were competitive last year and they tried to win games. People gave them a lot of shit for bringing in Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. because, oh, there goes your number one pick. You could have had the number one pick. Well, they still got their guy. That's right. And they built a good camaraderie with their team. So mm-hmm. fuck y'all. Yeah. All right. Number six, the Chargers took Justin Herbert. Quarterback of the I- future. Uh, I, I think that he yes. will end up starting partway through the season. I, I do think Tyrod will be starting the season as the quarterback one there. And then depending on how things progress or how they feel about Herbert, 
they will switch to him, you know, midway through the season at worst. Yeah, I think that's true. I kind of feel bad for uh, for Tyrod a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. hey, just to complete the hat trick, I'm going to bring this back to the Browns one more time here <laughs> with the quarterback situation. But it could very well look like 2018 Browns where Tyrod is the starter for a few games. He gets them warmed up. He gets them lubed a little bit. And then in comes the, the rookie, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few games. And so uh, I promise after this I will never mention the Browns, even when we talk about people drafted to them. But I think that uh, 2018, a version of that in 2020 could happen for the Chargers. And at that point, you have to be a little bit more excited, probably for the wide receivers there. Mm-hmm. I love Tyrod, but I don't feel like he was going to make the wide receivers bloom. No, I love it long term. Uh, I think that's a great pick for them because uh, he does have a, have a really good arm and their skill position players are are still very young. I know you could argue Keenan Allen, but he's still in his prime as far as wide receiver production goes. So I love this long term. I think they they're going to go basically right from Rivers to Herbert without much of a hiccup there. Yeah, Keenan Allen just turned 28 two uh, days ago. Two short days ago, he just mm-hmm. turned 28. So he's got plenty of tread left. Yeah. All right, next um, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders uh, starting a run of wide receivers here uh, for skill position players with Henry Ruggs the third. Not to- I'm a little surprised he was the first wide receiver off the board, but this is typical Raiders fashion, taking the fastest guy. They love their fast wide receivers, the burners down the field. I'm not sure how I feel about this as far as fitting in with uh, Carr for the season. Um, And it definitely, I think it does hurt the other uh, wide receiving options on the team, having him there uh, takes away from them. But what do you think, Jake? I think it takes away from everybody but Hunter Renfro. I still like Hunter Renfro for this. I honestly think it, it maybe eats more into Darren Waller than it does Renfro Mm -hmm. with that kind of pick. Um, just because of the Darren Waller was used as basically not even basically he was just a wide receiver he mm-hmm. was a wide receiver last year uh, more in the Kelsey mold than uh, than anything else so yeah it's weird they just I don't know that that's the way that we saw this draft fold was a lot of offenses we talked about this because we were uh, uh, chatting with each other as the draft went went by mm-hmm. and so many teams it's like they were trying to replicate what the Cardinals did. You know, it, the Chiefs just, and... like, throw all the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We're going to put eight on the field at once if they'll let us. Yep. <laughs> one guy to snap the ball, a quarterback, and then everybody else is going to be wide receivers. Uh, so Vegas definitely did that. Uh, he was the first of three wide receivers that they took. Mm-hmm. They also took Lynn Bowden and Brian Edwards. Um, although I heard Bowden is supposed to be used more as a running back, uh, which will be interesting. Yeah. But Ruggs, I, I don't know. I, I like Ruggs fine, and this was a good enough landing spot for him. Uh, I could think of a ton that would have been worse. So for him personally, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine taking him in the first round of rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then next we had Denver, took Jerry Judy. Whew, talk about the rich getting ridder there. Uh, with uh, Drew Locke, he was a big winner in this draft. Uh, Jerry Judy, oh, yeah. my number one wide receiver for rookies, just a 
great route runner, technician on the field, can catch anything. Uh, pairing him with Cortland Sutton is going to be great for both players. Uh, so I really like this pick by Denver. Heck yes. I like that you called out that this is good for Cortland Sutton. I've seen a lot of negativity around Cortland Sutton because of this pick, but you have to remember what he looked like with and Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. across from him, as opposed to a Deshaun Hamilton across from him. Right. It was night and day. So, yeah, I think this is a big stock up for him. Mm-hmm. And so, Cortland Sutton, then, probably a really big buy low for you, I'm assuming? Yeah, if people are selling him cheap, I would snag him all day long. Nice. All right, then next we have uh, one of the probably the second most confusing pick of the first round as far as skill <laughs> position players go. Uh, Dallas took CeeDee Lamb, uh, which I I don't understand. I just don't get it. You already had two very good wide receivers on your team. Uh, this definitely crushes Michael Gallup's fantasy impact, and I know there's a lot of people, including myself, that were very high on him and expecting him to take even an, an, another step this next season. But, yeah, with CeeDee Lamb there now, that just – I feel like they're going to cannibalize each other. And I just, I don't like it at all. (laughs) I think the rationale for why this pick was made is pretty simple, which is Jerry Jones was sequestered by himself. He didn't let anybody talk to him when he made these picks. Mm -hmm. He made it very clear that he was not going to talk to anybody when he made this pick. Uh, And he went out and he got his guy. And, I mean, good good for you, I guess, (laughs) Jerry. Yeah, I've I've heard... I've heard the conspiracy theories that he purposely took C.D. Lamb there because Philadelphia uh, last year, the year before, took the tight end, Dallas Goddard, right before Dallas was going to pick. So this was a revenge pick, basically. But I I don't know if I totally buy that just because you don't – it's hard to do that with a first-round pick. But – I'm kind of glad that that happened because that's that's pretty fun. Uh, (laughs) That's true. Um, I did see some inklings, though. People were talking about Amari Cooper's contract Mm -hmm. doesn't look as crazy as you might think. Like, because he's tied there through 2024, but people were talking about how, um, you know, his his debt cap is bad for these two years, but after 2021, it's basically nothing. So you can easily see them cutting him two years from now. It sucks until then. Uh, especially for Gallup and um, Cooper himself, I think will still be fine because, you know, he's, he's not the alpha ever. I always feel like people talk about on your fantasy team, you don't want him as your number one, number one receiver. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of true on real life Mm -hmm. NFL teams too. So I think CD will be tops above both of them in a year from now. That could be uh, who I really like this for is Dak. I mean, giving him another just unbelievable weapon on his team. Oh, baby, give me all the Dak. And I know I'm not going to have him because I'm not going to be able to draft him anywhere because he's going to go too high. But, oh, give me all the Dak. Is he your QB3? Um, Behind Lamar and Mahomes? Easily, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then we'll move on. Next pick was Jalen Rager, goes to Philadelphia. I think everybody saw this coming. Uh, they they needed a wide receiver desperately. Uh, they took, I think, three wide receivers uh, in this draft, so they knew that was a need for them. I like it. I think that's a good pick. They needed the help. I have nothing wrong with it. Oh, yeah. We just talked with uh, Shane Manila from – Dynasty Trades HQ, shout out, uh, on last week's episode, 
you know, he, he mentioned how desperately they needed wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew that. That was no no trade secret. I was watching his reaction very carefully on Twitter to the Rager pick because some people were not pleased with it. He mm-hmm. was pleased with it. Yeah. Um, this is a burner guy. This is a Deshaun Jackson-esque kind mm-hmm. of guy. I think it's a super smart pick. Yep. Did you see the stat they were showing uh, during the draft where uh, Carson Wentz is the first quarterback to throw for over 4,000 yards and not have one of his wide receivers over 500 yards? That's incredible. It, that, that just tells incredible. you how decimated his team was and also why I am very high on him, assuming he stays healthy. Because uh, if he can do that with just a ragtag group of uh, wide receivers – uh, wait till he actually has some healthy ones that are good. Absolutely. Now we have to talk about what happened in the second round of the draft for for Carson Wentz' purpose too. So let's put a pin in that. Yes, we will get there. Yeah. All right. And then next we have Minnesota took Justin Jefferson. I am a little surprised with this pick. It's not a bad pick by any means. I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I thought they might have went defense or offensive line help with this pick. Uh, instead of going for a skill position player. But obviously they needed someone opposite of Thielen now that they traded Diggs away. So he steps right in there. Uh, I think you could probably uh, pencil him in for a wide receiver three at a minimum uh, this next season. Yeah, I guess the only thing I was curious about with the Jefferson pick is I saw so much hype about how he was a monster in the slot. He was a very capable outside guy, but he was such a monster in the slot, apparently. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, obviously that's Thielen's gig. Yeah, but Diggs um, also played out of the slot as well. So I don't yeah. think that's necessarily something that's going to hold him back. But I, 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 mean, I do like the pick, though, as far as fantasy value goes. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and then the last wide receiver taken in the first round, San Francisco bulked up their wide receiving core with Brandon Ayuk. I'm, again, a little surprised that they took a wide receiver in round one, but they also don't have many holes on their team, so I can't fault them at all for it. I think this probably means that Dante Pettis is is not going to be a thing ever on the team, but I could be mistaken. I fully expect that he'll be traded or just cut outright, mm-hmm. um, and then somebody else will pick him up, and that will be the best hope for yep. Dante Pettis. I'm more concerned. Well, I don't know if I'm concerned. You're the big Debo Samuel truther mm-hmm. on this on this podcast. So where do you stand with Debo at this point? Well, he's still the wide receiver one on the team, and he was only a rookie last year, so you got to really like that. Um, so I don't think it really affects his value. Uh, if anything, it's going to help because it'll pull defenses away from him. But I think who it – the other person I was really high on was Jalen Hurd. Uh, he was injured all last season. He was a second-round pick. Obviously, they get him back with Brandon Ayuk, Debo going into his second year. They've got just a very young wide receiving core, and with Kittle as well, very young tight end. Uh, they're just stacked with their skill position players now for the future. The receivers in San Francisco could start to look a little too much like the backfield in San Francisco, which is what worries me. Mm-hmm. And that's why when they use a luxury pick on a wide receiver, you have to wonder, well, okay, all these guys are now top picks. I mean, yes, Ayuk is a first, but Debo and, and Hurd were both second-round mm-hmm. picks. So now who gets the bulk of it? How, how much is this going to be distributed? So the big question, there's nothing but targets there mm-hmm. on this team. 
So do we bump up Jimmy Garoppolo to an actual fantasy-relevant quarterback now? I think you can. I, I think now that he's had a full year in that offense, I mean, we saw them go to the Super Bowl. What's not to like about him? I I know people like the knock Garoppolo, but I also think part of it is Shanahan hasn't just taken the reins off and let him do his thing, which I think that could change now if they're a little bit more comfortable with their wide receivers. I hope so. I hope so. All right, and then we will get to the worst pick of the first round. <laughs> Green Bay takes Jordan Love quarterback. I was going to say, and that silence pretty much summed up that pick in general. Um, that is the exact amount of silence that we had when it was announced, uh, but times like 20 mm-hmm. uh, and a lot more expletives, at yes. least on my end. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I felt like um, Jason Baten, Bateman in Dodgeball says, I feel shocked. <laughs> that, that, that's all that's all I could do because it was just a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. we'll see if that, that pans out for him uh, I, don't, I don't get it I don't get it, I've tried to rationalize it so much since then, because we've had some time to sleep mm-hmm. on it, I've had some nights that have passed that should make me more rational thinking about this pick, but everything that I read seems to contradict everything else that I read, so I don't know what this means for Aaron and his future with the Packers. I would assume he's there for two more years. At a minimum. Uh, Jordan Love sits, but then why? Exactly. Yeah, and it's two years because that's when his dead cap hit uh, becomes much more palatable. I think it, like, was it $7.5 million or something like that after two years? Um, that sounds right. So, but to have a guy sit on the bench for two years, I know it worked well for Rodgers, but at the same time, I don't know. They say that it's they followed their... They say they followed their draft board, um, but I don't know how you follow your draft board and trade up for a guy. So that doesn't make much sense. I don't know. I don't like it all that much, uh, especially since we are in a great position. Uh, made it to the NFC Championship game. Near half away from the Super Bowl. I don't know how you don't try to get Rodgers all the weapons you can, but this is what they did. The biggest thing that this does, and we can just talk about it now because really there's no other super fantasy relevant players coming up for Green Bay in my estimation. Um, maybe maybe one. But what this says is it didn't get more weapons. It didn't. Uh, they didn't take anybody else really in the draft. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers here, uh, yes, they got a running back in the second round in A.J. Dillon. They got a tight end slash fullback kind of mm-hmm. in Josiah DeGuara in the third round. But other than that, no picks for Rodgers, so mm-hmm. everything remains stagnant. My only hope and solace is, I've seen some reports, obviously there are bound to be cuts and veteran cuts on, on teams eventually. Mm-hmm. Some names that I've heard thrown out there are Kenny Stills, who could be cut. Would you be interested in Kenny Stills becoming a Packer? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, he's produced. Uh, he has, I know, some injury concerns, but he has produced... It's not like I've heard of him being a bad teammate or anything where he's kind of a cancer on the team. So I would like that. Yeah, so that's my silver lining. That's what my hope is. They were just waiting for the draft. They figure, well, it's a shortened off season. We're not going to be able to acclimate them in the offense like we want to. Mm -hmm. Let's go get some veterans and have them work with the guys that are still there. Uh, This is a big um, point arrow up for Equinamia's St. Brown, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. 
All right. And then the we don't la- have to talk about Packers anymore. That's right. We don't want to. All right. So last pick of the first round, Kansas City takes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running back. Um, he instantly, for a lot of people, in a, especially in a single QB league, vaults up to that 101 pick in rookie drafts. What do you think, Jake? I, I like him there. You can't not like a running back taken by the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. with the vote of confidence from the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. was asked who he wanted. He said specifically who wanted him before the draft. So the fact that they went out and got him is big. He's obviously an amazing pass catcher. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes, we talked about on our quarterback episode, he dumps off a lot more than people think that he does. Mm-hmm. So I get the hype on this. I understand people wanting him as the 101, even above Jonathan Taylor, even above um, Joe Burrow in super flex leagues. On it. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Exactly. That's how I feel. I, I don't know that I vault him to my number one overall pick. Uh, I think that still remains with Taylor, in my opinion. But uh, he definitely uh, does definitely couldn't find a better landing spot for him. For sure. Had to, had to, had to, had to wet the beak there before we got oh, into yeah. round two. You wet that whistle, Dustin. You wet that whistle good. Let's move into round two. Here. All right, so first pick, uh, we touched on this briefly. T. Higgins went to Cincinnati with the first pick in the – the second round i like it add more weapons for burrow uh, they can both grow together uh in this offense they're both rookies so i i like it and i think he actually is the replacement for aj green mm-hmm. more than he is for anybody else so yep. i think everybody's worried about the fantasy values of like john ross uh out in tate who came on pretty pretty strong for mm-hmm. parts of the season late. i think those guys actually stay uh, their value stays, and I think this is A.J. Green is kind of on his way out. Yep. All right, then the next pick, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, goes to Indianapolis. Love it. Yes, so do I. Um, pardon me. Uh, they've got T.Y. Hilton, who is getting a little long in the tooth, as they say. Uh, he's had some injury concerns. They have Isabella, who didn't really get much run last year. Not Isabella, uh, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, sorry. My mistake. Thank you. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, you know, he didn't get a r- lot of run last year, so it's hard to see if he's the real deal or not. So they needed help there with the wide receivers. So, yeah, I like it. Can I tell you something crazy? Michael Pittman is the uh, wide receiver three amongst rookies for me. Really? I know all these guys went ahead of him, but in terms of just – landing spot and what you want that's it i mean you got philip rivers for this year which is you know it's just one year and and i get that but i i uh i think that his landing spot could not have gone any better Mm -hmm. so he's easily um the wide receiver three for me behind um for me it's cd lamb and jalen rager and then michael Pittman. Ooh, that's bold i know i like it i like it all right, and then the next pick, um, a little bit of a head-scratcher for me personally. Uh, DeAndre Swift, running back, goes to Detroit. Uh, they have on Johnson there. Now, I know there's injury concerns. He hasn't been able to finish a season yet, but he still is under his rookie contract. And they had some other holes they needed to fill there in Detroit, especially on the defensive side, so I'm a little surprised by it. 
the only thing this says for me is that it's probably going to be a shared backfield and, and and we don't know who's who you can rely on week in and week out uh, as far as the running backs go yeah this was it's a, like carry on was kind of fool's gold i think we everybody wanted him well everybody who believed in him wanted him to be a workhorse there just that was never going to happen. My hope was that they would take somebody in round four, maybe as a running back, mm-hmm. so that you could feel a little more confident in carry on. Now, yeah, I don't feel confident at all. Yes, yes, my share of carry on just went. Boom. <laughs> all right, and then next pick was Jonathan Taylor, our boy, running oh, back. Yeah. Uh, went to Indianapolis. Love it, love it, love it. This yep. could this could went better for for him personally. Uh, they have a great offensive line. They've got other skill position players. I know people are going to say, well, he's going to have to fight for a spot with Marlon Mack. But I also think that if they really thought Marlon Mack was the answer, that they wouldn't have spent such a high draft pick on him. And I know Indianapolis doesn't have a lot of holes on their team either, uh, especially with addressing the wide receiver. Uh, just a few picks before that. But, um, yeah, I love this landing spot. Yeah, they could have used this on, on some defensive help, but they didn't, which is speaks big mm-hmm. about what they think about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Marlon Mack, the thing, thing with Mack, he, Mack looked good, at least for fantasy uh, points last year, mm-hmm. because of the offensive line. He looked amazing because of the offensive line. But if you put any running back behind that offensive line, they're going to look good. Mm-hmm. But Marlon Mack only looked good. He didn't look great. Right. So they're bringing in Jonathan Taylor, who is bound to look great. Exactly. Fantastic. And that's your St. Wisconsin Homer in me talking. That is general consensus. Mm-hmm. A guy like this uh, should look incredible. He should get enough passing work there. The only thing that sucks about this landing spot for me is that it doesn't seem like he's going to get as much passing work as he might someplace else. Probably not. Um, but he could grow into that role just like other Wisconsin running backs have done. Typically, they aren't asked to catch the ball a lot, and I know we saw a little bit more out of it this year from him, but look at you know Melvin Gordon. Look at James White. I mean, they, they, they weren't known for their pass-catching ability, but they've definitely made that a part of their game, and they are good at it. So I can only hope that the same continues for Taylor. Absolutely. Okay, next, Jacksonville takes LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver. I like it. Um, it, it. It concerns me slightly with DJ Chark, but they needed more wide receiver help on their team. They needed more weapons on their offense. So I don't mind the pick really all that much at all. What about you? I mean, I, I like it for the Jaguars. Uh, because because they did they did need somebody else there. You, you can only do so much with the guys that they were trotting. I don't think any of how do I put this diplomatically? I, I I don't think any of the wide receivers there were bad. I think they did exactly well as you could expect them to perform in the situation that they were in. Mm-hmm. But they were not. Uh, the majority were not high-level picks, mm-hmm. and they needed somebody who was a solid guy. They had to get off the carousel at wide receiver, and I think that's exactly what they did here. So uh, they already caught Marquise Lee, mm-hmm. um, which seemed kind of like a given anyways, but he, he's out of the picture. 
I don't think anybody behind these two on the depth chart now are really worth rostering. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, then the next pick with the in the draft, the first tight end goes off the board to our favorite <laughs> rival, the Bears, Cole Komet. Um, this was an obvious need because they cut Trey Burton, so they had that hole to fill. Uh, I get the pick totally. What about you, Jake? That's such a Bears move. This is such a Bears move. You know a position we already have 12 of, but none of them are good enough to actually uh, perform for mm-hmm. us? It's tight end, so let's yep. invest in tight end again. Yep. Uh, like, I, I, I do understand it. I just love to give them shit. I understand it because, yes, of all the tight end options you had, there weren't any good ones. No. You might as well, you know, even though this wasn't a super deep tight end class obviously they went out and got the guy mm-hmm. that they want so it's, yep. it's totally fine that's right all right the next uh denver took another wide receiver definitely uh taking a look at their afc west uh companions there at the chiefs and loading up on wide receivers they took kj hamler uh which i love uh definitely means though that all that Deshaun hamilton love uh is definitely gone and and he's basically unrosterable at this point for sure. He's out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who should we talk about next? Oh, Pittsburgh. They take uh, another second-round uh, wide receiver. So definitely uh, take a keep your eyes on Chase Claypool here. I know there's rumors going around that they're not going to offer uh, Juju a contract after his uh, rookie deal is up. So maybe this is insurance for that. I don't know. We talked know. about this during the draft. We thought it was, I at least thought it was going to be so funny because if Pittsburgh deigned to take another round two receiver, it would just be, again, such a tradition mm-hmm. at this point. And that's exactly what it came out to be. Yep. But I have heard, so from our, our reliable Pittsburgh experts that we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kate and Michelle Majuk, the ball blast girls who are big Pittsburgh homers. They were talking about how they could see this more filling a need for kind of a hybrid tight end role, too. Oh, interesting. So that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe this just means that they don't love what they had with Ebron or don't feel super secure with what they had Mm -hmm. in Ebron. Something to think about. Yeah. And then next, Cam Akers went to the Rams. Uh, There goes all the Darrell Henderson truthers. Uh, Yeah, because the Rams didn't have a lot of draft capital in this draft to spend but where they decided to use it was on running back fairly early so that just tells me they're not super confident in what they had and um i i mean i like the landing spot for cam here yeah but no fight like why (laughs) i don't get you rams i don't understand you you have nothing at offensive line you just you have no offensive line in this point you've mm-hmm. got like a guy out there who's just trying to keep everything together himself you give him zero help but you're going to invest all of this into you know your skill position players because they're the problem i guess mm-hmm. come on just fix fix the <laughs> fix the actual hole in the wall don't fix the band-aid that's covering it up yep and then with the very next pick, uh, one of the more questionable picks of this round, at least, and uh, I know we touched on it briefly already, but Philadelphia takes a QB uh, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I I get it, but I don't get it at the same time, uh, just because Wentz has been injured a lot in his career so far. 
But at the same time, Jalen Hurts is a totally different type of quarterback than Wentz, uh, where it's one of those Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson type deals where, uh, not saying that Jertz, I'm, I'm, I'm combining the, the first and last name, where Hurts is, uh, I'm not comparing him to Lamar, where he runs quite as much, and I know he's more accurate than Lamar, but he's definitely not a Wentz-type QB pocket passer either. So I just I don't understand it. It's weird. It's it's weird. It's it's not quite as weird as the whole Jordan Love to Green Bay thing, but it's nearing that. Mm-hmm. I think I, the idea might have been right in that. Yeah, Wentz gets hurt. Um, whether you want to call him injury prone or not, he gets hurt, mm-hmm. and so you want to have a quality backup there. But also, <laughs> yeah, why take a guy like this who is his polar opposite? I heard some speculation that this is uh, no bullshit kind of more for goal line stuff you know they don't want Wentz to be sneaking anything they're gonna they're gonna put out Jalen Hurts for those situations yeah it's like uh, I guess uh, second round picks is a high a high price for that kind of situation. yes I agree all right then Baltimore uh took a running back here with uh J.K. Dobbins uh I think this basic oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Basically, uh, Ingram's on the last year of his contract right now, so I'm pretty sure he will not be re-signed after this year. But Gus Edwards is nothing. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins steps into that number two role for this year, and then next year you're just going to see him light up the league. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. The rich and get richer there wave, in Baltimore. Yeah. Wave bye-bye to, uh, to Bryce. Not Bryce Love. Sorry, I was thinking of the, the Justice other, Hill, uh, darling. Yeah, of of Justice Hill. Wave bye to Justice Hill. That's gone. Wave bye to Gus Edwards. That dream's gone. Uh, and I could see Dobbins getting enough work this year. That it's just practically a fifty-fifty split between him and Ingram. Mm-hmm. And then next we've got the Rams again. They took a wide receiver, Van Jefferson. Uh, basically, this means that Josh Reynolds, uh, any of the hype that you, you people had out there for him and hope for him actually coming through is gone. That's too bad. I like Josh Reynolds, mm-hmm. and I rostered him in a couple leagues just because he was so goddamn cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did fine for, like, the five games, not this last year, but the year before where he had to come in. He was good. <laughs> But yeah, Van Jefferson now. Okay, so another offensive weapon, but it's still the terrible offensive line, still the same quarterback mm-hmm. and all of that. So where do you place Van Jefferson, even on his own team? I mean, he's still obviously number three, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, at a minimum, the third option on that team. Maybe the fourth, depending on what they do with the tight ends. We don't and know. And the running backs, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Akers gets some more work. Yep. Yeah. All right, and then... Uh, Next, we've got the Jets. They took a position of need, which was nice to see. They took Denzel Mims, wide receiver. I like the landing spot. Uh, I think he's re- obviously replaces Robbie Anderson. Uh, so I like it. I just don't. I was never gonna like any wide receiver that went to to New York. I it wasn't gonna happen. Anybody who went to the Jets, I wasn't gonna like them. It's no different well, here. I to be them. fair, I mean it's it, it's good for Darnold. But I don't think it's great for fantasy at this point, unless they get rid of Adam Gase. That'd be the only reason, or the only way that Zach I would. Dumundo. That's so. that's right. Or somebody gives him a fucking lobotomy and <laughs> tells him how to properly run that offense, because otherwise it's yep. bad. All right, and then to finish out the last skill position player of round two, we got the Packers. 
selecting A.J. Dillon, running back. Uh, I hate this pick as well uh, <laughs> as a Packer fan, but what this says to me, uh, we, we know that Jamal Williams and, and uh, Aaron Jones are both on the last year of their rookie deals this upcoming season. So that means I would guess that Aaron Jones is not going to be back, that they're not going to resign him uh, because his price tag will be too high. And this was just kind of an insurance policy for that. Yeah, I've heard this bandied about a lot of different ways of people trying to find fantasy silver linings for Aaron Jones. And no matter how I compute it, it doesn't it doesn't go great for me. So the thought was some thought was, well, you knew either Jones or Williams had to be gone. And Williams, even though he's, you know, certainly not to Aaron Jones level and wouldn't have the same market, he'd still command a little bit more than a typical running back. Mm-hmm. And so you bring this guy in and now maybe they keep the Thunder and Lightning and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones next year. And that's fine, but either way, it really crushes Aaron Jones' fantasy value in my in my perspective. Because if you keep him with A.J. Dillon, A.J. Dillon is too good to just not use. And, um, you know, LaFleur already talked about wanting to bring in a third running back earlier in the offseason. He did it. So he clearly doesn't want a workhorse, and anybody who's there is mm-hmm. not going to have maximum value. I agree. It's 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 disappointing, um, and we just don't have to bemoan these uh, <laughs> right. right. picks should anymore. We, should we doing a little hop? Should we hop around a little bit to, to make ourselves feel a little better about about slogging through this? Yeah. Are there any Are there any guys in round three of the draft that you really like? Um, I think Vegas taking Brian Edwards in the third uh, is an interesting pick. Again, they're AFC West, they see the Chiefs. They're they're trying to mimic them and get all the wide receivers out there. Uh, so I'm I'm interested in that. Uh, not that I think, probably from more of a real football perspective than than fantasy. Yeah. Um, I like Keyshawn Vaughn to Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that is a great landing spot for him. Obviously, pretty much any running back that went to Tampa Bay, people are going to like. Uh, but he can catch the ball. It'll just be interesting to see how well his pass protection is. Yeah, I wonder, because they do, obviously, with Tom, you have to keep that man upright, otherwise you're going to be sitting on the bench. But, so, Keyshawn Vaughn is such a good pass catcher, but does this mean that, does Tampa go and actually use Ronald Jones as more of the runner and Keyshawn Vaughn as a true pass catcher, or does he take the whole role? I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, I don't know. Um It'd be, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and then the last person I personally just want to touch on here for, for the third round, uh, Buffalo took Zach Moss in the third, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think that just evens the split a little bit in, in Buffalo. I know that Frank Gore is not there, and they didn't really have much behind him, so they, they needed someone to be able to spell Singletary a bit. But it'll be interesting to see how much that split actually turns out to be. It does feel like they're kind of the same. <laughs> they're almost the same guy. But, yeah, it's like, you know, they did it with Gore. Mm-hmm. And we knew how how uh, dusty his bones were last mm-hmm. year, but they did it anyways. So I could, I could see it happen again. Actually, they already kind of talked about how they wanted to use Moss like that. <laughs> like, you hinted at and So, yeah, it's going to be 50-50. I'm not going to love having either of them on my team, but I'd be happy to have either as a flex guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Anyone else you want to talk about there in the third, Jake? The only guy that I'm even somewhat interested in... Is it Josiah? Is it who? Josiah. No, fuck Josiah. I don't want anything to do with his surely Amish tight end ass in this third round. Uh, They've already taught, like, LaFleur already wants to use him as a goddamn... H back, mm-hmm. pseudo fullback, whatever. He wants what? Um, who is the guy in San Francisco who was basically the fullback there? He he wants that. Yeah, because his brother is on the team, and he just apparently takes all of his notes from his brother mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Anyways, uh, no, I don't want to talk about him. The only guy I'm interested in is Antonio Gibson, who went to Washington. Mm-hmm. He is an is a running back, but also a wide receiver. And I think the big hubbub was how they declared him mm-hmm. in the draft. I believe they declared him as a as a running back to try and kind of fuck with defenses because he was such a, a prominent wide receiver. So he seems like a guy – I hope it's not Tavon Austin. I hope mm-hmm. that's not where we're getting here. I have higher hopes for him than that. Uh, but I, I'd be curious about him just because everybody in the backfield is kind of garbage. They only have one good wide receiver there in Terry McLaurin. So I'm interested. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to round four. Jake, why don't you start us off here and give us some players that you like or you want to comment on? Yeah, honestly, like the guy that I'm most interested in round four is Jacob Eason. Uh, I think he dropped further than than some people thought he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback who went to Indianapolis, and Philip Rivers. I've been saying that this guy was going to retire for like the last three years. He's just proven me wrong. He's an Adrian Peterson who's proven me wrong, but not in a great way for fantasy. He's he's kind of really dropped off, and you can see it. So it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Whether Eason actually gets the role or they draft somebody else by the time, you know, Rivers retires. I guess yeah. that's yet to be seen. It, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they don't believe in Brissett as the long-term solution for their team because otherwise they wouldn't have picked up Rivers and they wouldn't have drafted a QB in the fourth round. Yeah, I could honestly, I could see him being on the move. I could see Brissett being on the move at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if if the Patriots come a calling again, I that's the most. Nobody talks about that. They always talk about. Uh, you know how they glossed over the quarterback and they're going to roll with Stidham this year. I think it could happen that they uh, roll up their sleeves and just grab for setback, but I don't know. Uh, is there anybody in the – he's really the only guy that I even want to talk about. In uh, Oh, actually, that's not true. Sorry. Last pick for fantasy relevance in this round was DJ Dallas mm-hmm. to Seattle, running back. So we talked about how Seattle doesn't give a shit about draft capital mm-hmm. at that position. Is there a chance that DJ Dallas leads this whole goddamn thing? Um, it could be. I think it all depends on what uh, Chris Carson's health is going into this next season. Uh, I, I, it doesn't bother me with Penny. I don't think Penny is going to be a thing ever. Uh, the one thing that I do like, and he's known for his, uh, this is DJ I'm talking about, that um, he has good receiving skills, so he could get an immediate impact on you know, third down or or long distance downs where they have to pass the ball. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, And it's, you know, I'm surprised Seattle didn't draft a running back earlier, to be honest. Yeah. I wondered if they were going to, but they just have that history of, it doesn't matter where we find the guy. I mean, obviously they did with Penny 
and maybe mm-hmm. that's why they're skittish is because if they realize they invested all that draft capital and then an injury can really easily derail it mm-hmm. at that position especially so maybe that was the thinking here uh i don't know but is there anybody else in round four that you're you're interested in from fantasy yeah uh Washington took a wide receiver, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I know pre-draft, he, he seemed to get a lot of hype. Uh, and, and Washington obviously needs more um, offensive skill players, to say the least. And with um, – I'm drawing a blank here. McLaurin. McLaurin, thank you. Uh, you know, with him being the alpha on the team and not really much else at this point – I, I, I think he could be a sneaky uh, sneaky pickup for your team and have some fantasy impact. Maybe not every single week, but he could be a good flex player for you. Uh, so that's someone I want to keep an eye on. Nice. And I glossed over this name before, and I kind of feel bad now, but Anthony McFarland running back went to Pittsburgh. Round four is not nothing for draft capital for mm-hmm. running backs. So I guess it's just James Conner insurance. Right? Or is yeah. he a supplement to James Conner? No, I think that's all that is. Uh, and obviously, once James Conner, what, he's going into his third year. So next year is the last year of his contract. So uh, probably injury uh, insurance, but then they probably won't re-sign Conner to a long-term deal either at that point. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of think, too, they're just, they've seen enough from Benny Snell Mm-hmm. And uh, Jalen Samuels there, who weren't able to do anything. I'm like, you know, we could really use somebody else in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you want to talk around? Is there anybody in round five? Um, for you? A couple players that maybe could have some impact eventually, question mark. Quintez Cephas? Yeah. Do you like the Cephas to Detroit move? I, I do. Uh, Marvin Jones, while he's not old by any stretch of the imagination, he is starting to get up there as far he's as thirty, though. As, as, you know, as far as NFL years go, um, so they needed someone else they could stick on the outside, where then maybe Marvin Jones can go more to the slot. Um, um, so I, so I do like Cephas there. Uh, Tyler Johnson to Tampa Bay will be an interesting option as well, uh, with Perryman being gone. Uh, you know, as the third wide receiver on that team, uh, could be an interesting play. Again, not someone that's going to be in a week in and week out player, but um, definitely interesting. What yeah. about you, Jake? There's just nobody in round five <laughs> that is interesting to me. They're they're all crowded situations. Mm-hmm. Even if it's somebody uh, that I liked in you know going going into the draft, coming out of it, I mean. It's a there's a Philly wide receiver that got thrown in there with John High, Hightower. Mm-hmm. So sure, a- any receiver in Philly has a chance, I guess, to be fantasy relevant. So keep an eye on him, possibly. Um, the only thing I do want to bring up here uh, again with round five, and I got to give credit to the Dynasty Happy Hour crew. Uh, I was listening to their podcast uh, yesterday, and and they had said they were hoping that uh, Drake Jake Fromm would have went to a better spot than Buffalo because they wanted him to be a thing for State Farm so they could say Jake Fromm State Farm? 
Fantasy-wise, what do you think, Jake? Again, I, I default to there is a Philly wide receiver, Quez Watkins. Although this guy, I actually did think would go a little bit higher, just based on how everybody's uh, mock drafts had mm-hmm. had been. It seemed like he was going to be maybe around four guys. So the fact that he fell, it's curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Prochi, I hope I'm saying that name correctly, wide receiver that went to Baltimore. Uh, I hope it's like uh, Jim Croce. That's that's why I want to say it that way. So it could just be Jim Croce, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know if that's true. Anyways, James went to Baltimore, and he was another guy that seemed like he was going to go earlier. Baltimore is needing a wide receiver, another wide receiver, I think, unless Miles Boykin really does step up. It just sucks because even Hollywood Brown – can't really be counted on super big time mm-hmm. uh, for fantasy, so this kind of kind of crushes that. But I wanted him to be a thing, damn it. Yeah, all right. And then uh, we'll finish up here briefly with the seventh round. A uh, couple interesting picks, especially because these, these couple players I want to talk about, I thought they would go sooner in the draft, so I'm a little surprised that they fell so late. Uh, the first one is K.J. Hill, uh, wide receiver going to the Chargers, and the second one is Eno Benjamin, uh, running back going to the Cardinals. Uh, like I said, I expected both of them to go a bit earlier in the draft, so I don't know why they fell. Um, what do you think of those two players, Jake? We so badly wanted KJ Hill to go to the Packers. I remember in our group chat, mm-hmm. so me and you and a couple of other Packers uh, friends were talking about, obviously, we're so distressed throughout five you know, they still hadn't taken a wide receiver. K.J. Hill was still available in round six. We thought, it's a lock. Packers had two back-to-back picks. They're going to take K.J. Hill. Hey, at least we'll have a slot guy. Obviously, that didn't happen. Goes to the Chargers. Um, it's a little busy there with offensive weapons. He's a little undersized, I guess, is the knock that I hear coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. and Maybe that's why he slipped as far as he did. So I don't know if he'll have much fantasy relevance on the Chargers, unfortunately. Well, and they're round seven picks. I mean, how often do you see round seven picks actually hit? Uh, I think I'd have to go all the way back to Donald Driver for uh, the last one of note that I know of. But again, I only know that because he was Packer. Right. So Eno, though, I don't know. What do you do with Eno? Eno Benjamin going to Arizona. I mean, if you can snag him in your fourth, fifth round of your rookie draft, stick him on your taxi squad for a couple years, see what happens. I know right now Kenyon Drake's only on the one-year transition tag or, yeah, transition tag um, he signed. Chase Edmonds, I think he's probably going into his last year or second to last year of his rookie contract. Will they re-sign him? I don't know. They obviously needed some some running back depth on the team. So, I, I mean, he could get some play. If, if players in front of him get hurt, but at the same time, again, seventh round pick, it's hard to make the field 
with that draft capital. Yeah, and on that team too, it's not as if they really run a committee there, so right, kind of kind of limited upside. Mm-hmm. All right, that takes us through round seven. Then, uh, do you have any last thoughts about the draft there, Jake? I just want to express my disappointment once more in what the Packers did. I was so excited for this episode because I couldn't wait to talk about who the next uh, best option in Green Bay was going to be for, for a purely fantasy perspective view, mm-hmm. uh, or you know how much that might help Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that didn't happen. It's shaken my world uh, to its core. And I, I don't know how to proceed. Dustin, what are your what are your parting thoughts on this? Yeah, I think um, just from the Packers' perspective, it was awful. Worst draft they've had in ages, although I hopefully I am proven wrong with that opinion, as many a Packer fan are. Uh, but I thought the draft in general, there was a lot of really good landing spots for fantasy purposes. Uh, so that's really exciting, and hopefully I can get some of these uh, – later round uh, guys on my team that I think are going to be impactful. That's the thing. They say this Mm -hmm. was one of the deepest uh, draft classes in recent history. Mm -hmm. And I think just looking at where a lot of these guys went, I think that's true because you can see a lot of these, uh, you know, guys that went in round four could have easily been round two picks, you Mm -hmm. know, in previous years or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will wrap us up for this week thank you everyone for tuning in and listening we truly do appreciate it be sure to hit us up on apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast stitcher podbean google podcast etc give us a rate and review subscribe to us Uh, we do appreciate it Uh, any feedback you guys have for us uh, you can shoot us an email at dtff at gmail.com and you can hit us up on Twitter our uh, Twitter handle for the podcast is at drinking fantasy and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog and you can find me at Jake Trowbridge and until next week folks keep drinking and talking fantasy football cheers FFers. Mm-hmm.